The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Today joining us to talk the trade is Don Rose, U.S. Commodities. Don, thanks for being able to join us. And as we were talking right before we started on air is the fact that today we could almost put a dartboard up of a whole bunch of market topics, throw it in whichever one it's stuck we could talk about. But I do want to focus here on the start in with the grains because what a turnaround we've saw from the bearish momentum we had last week, seeing a little bit of that swing more to the bulls. Is this still rallying around weather? Yeah, I think when you look at it, Clay, you know, days like today is really you find out what the real fundamentals are, what you're really watching in a marketplace. And we did have the uh, Chinese negative news at 9.30 last night. The news media was carrying that uh, state-owned enterprises uh, were to avoid uh, purchases of U.S. ag goods in retaliation for uh, last Thursday Trump tariff increase of 10% on $300 billion of goods. So we shrugged that off. We were down $0.09 cents on corn at one time, uh, $0.12, $0.13 cents on soybeans. And what we started to really focus on is the real issue short-term. In short-term, uh, we haven't been selling uh, corn to China anyway. We've lost a lot of our market uh, to South America on soybeans. So we switched to uh, the uh, the weather. And the weather continues to be threatening. Uh, dry weather over in uh, eastern Iowa into Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and even uh, parts of Nebraska. So uh, it was more about weather today than it was about the Chinese in the grain. Talking about the mental conditions of trading, because sometimes the most volatile trades can be happen because people are nervous about things. We see on social media, we see coming back on ag reports, is the, is the pictures of eastern Iowa and the cracks are starting to form in the ground. Does that kind of weigh heavily mentally on traders when they think about dry conditions? Well, you know, I think it does. But, you know, really to be successful in uh, the commodity business, trading business, you have to have a steady hand. So while you look at those things, you have to make sure when the uh, storm is out there that you're still calm. And I think that's what, uh, you know, today was a perfect example of that. We had, uh, you know, the Chinese uh, nervousness overnight. You know, the market focused more on weather. Um, you look at where your uh, support is and your technicals, and you look at some of the news coming down the road uh, here in just uh, short order, the August uh, 12th uh, report, and that brings you back to, uh, you know, where are you really at fundamentally and technically, and that brings you back to some uh, calm and some reliability. It's amazing to me just how much a narrative can change in these markets just over a short span like a weekend because going into Friday, we are nearing 2019 highs on the dollar. Some traders saying it's the safe haven, the euro and the Brexit. That's not something you want to touch. The Chinese and their currency is not. But now we're near an 11-year low on the Chinese currency, and the U.S. dollar drops dramatically as well. Is this kind of a plan for who can have the cheapest currency to try and export? Well, you know, you're exactly right, Clay. You know, it's it's a real issue because you... And this has been an issue not only with China, but of all of these trade deals, whether it's Europe, South America, you work out a trade deal as far as what you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, the one that you have to peg is what is their currency going to be when you're working out these deals. And that's been the great fallacy because we saw today the Chinese can go to work. We have tariffs, uh, you know, with the Chinese. But then if you look at it, you can actually move your currency enough to help compensate for some of that. So 
Um, and I think the administration has pointed that out. You know, as, uh, they're, uh, the Chinese have been currency manipulators. Some of the other people have around the world. So we're trying to change some of these trade practices to make it a level playing field. And that's what we're trying to get to is the farmer to have a level playing field with the rest of the world. And it looks like we could have another big swing here and another big change. It depends on the fundamentals and that. But one week from today, USDA is going to come out. They're going to talk about preventative plant acres. They're going to try and have a more accurate estimate away from what their July report said. Don, as we start to tick closer to that, what's your thoughts? Well, I think when you look at it, I think today was kind of a prelude. By that, I mean uh, we were oversold technically on the market. We were down to fundamental value from what we know, and the market usually balances back, uh, corrects the oversold, gets a little bit back to a, a better fundamental position going into a report that's going to uh, you know, shake up the fundamentals again here. But um, you're exactly right, Clay. We're going to have an awful lot of new information coming out in, uh, in one week. We're going to get an update on acres. We're going to get an update on yield. We're going to get an update on the supply-demand report. And, you know, whether you like those uh, numbers or not, we're going to trade those numbers, and that's the important thing. They're going to be tradable. Um, and, uh, you know, there's an awful lot of uncertainty at the present time. But we do know that the uh, acres are very suspect out here, an awful lot of prevent plant acres. We know the yield is uh, suspect just from the wetness, the time we planted it. Now we've got suspect on yields because of returning dry. And on top of that, Clay, we haven't talked about the maturity of the crop yet, so um, you know, which is very, very late. So it's all about uh, trying to balance back as we get into the report, and it's all about making sure you're doing the proper risk management. With a minute left to go here in the first segment, Don, when when a producer looks at this ter- current market, a lot of information comes in. That means that volatility, that standard deviation move, that really opens up. What should a producer think about in marketing times like these? Well, I think you you should talk about, you should look at, uh, right now we're down at the bottom end of the range. If you have some big sales on that you feel uncomfortable with, either because they weren't uh, that great of sales too early or that uh, you're not sure what the size of the crop is in your yield, you can go in and buy some $4 December corn calls. You can sell some, or some 410 calls now and sell some 450, 460 calls above the market. Now, from a marketing standpoint on corn, you can also build a window where you have some uh, puts bought on March around the 430 level and some calls sell around uh, $5 to give you kind of a range of opportunity from 430 down but still get $5 on the upside. So I think you have to look at your situation and uh, prepare for both ways if you have catch-up sales or if you want uh, some better re-ownership here going forward. And certainly end users should look at uh, getting coverage here going into a major report with an uncertain crop. Again, it's Don Rose, U.S. Commodities, talking to trade with us today on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Stay tuned. More coming up. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Don Rose and U.S. Commodities talking the trade today. And, Don, it was kind of rapid fire in segment one, talking grains, talking a lot of the factors that we see just really globally impacting this crop as well as locally, whether it be the weather or whether it be USDA next week in a crop report. Let's switch gears now, go over to livestock where in these hogs, it's just amazing to see if you were a trader today, you catch a limit down, move $4.50 to the bottom side, and then you catch almost as high a move to the top side the volatility coming in did we just finally exhaust shorts and see profit taking there well you know i think when you look at the hog mark first of all we're we're in a supply bear market in the u.s we're just overproduced for the demand that we have 
So in order to get rid of the supplies that we have, we're going to either have to consume it domestically, which that gets to be a tough chore, or we're going to have to export it. And our exports have been hinged highly on what happens in China, what happens with Asia, particularly with African swine fever. We're in an expansion mode on the in the hog business yet. So we've got not only a log uh, herd right now, we're expanding that herd. So with the news of uh, China uh, rumored to be suspending uh, all new U.S. ag imports, particularly, uh, you know, hogs was a concern. We slapped the market down 450 points to expand the limits, and that put us down over $20 a hundredweight in just short order. Um, and I think today it was kind of like a blow-off type of a bottom. We call that technically often. We got deeply oversold. We got uh, oversold on our uh, indicators. Uh, we only get those just a handful of the times uh, over the life of a contract, any contracts out here. So I think it was a market that just plain was overdone, particularly when you looked at the cutout at noon was up sharply, and that's partly what drove us back to the upside, up $3.52. The uh, index, the cash market, continues to move up. Uh, and the futures market, the bottom line is they just got too cheap versus the cash and the cutout, despite what's going on with the China trade. To look here at the livestock markets and the meat markets in general in the bigger picture, we see the stock market. It's had a terrible day in terms of the bears. They've forced it down on the Dow almost 800 points lower. When we talk about meat, sometimes that can be so closely tied to the economy. Do you think there could be some ripple effects coming out? I think we have to be a bit concerned because with the equity markets, the stock market, if you will, the beef market is oftentimes closely tied to it. Beef is a higher priced uh, protein, uh, higher than poultry, higher than pork. And so it's one that is a little more discretionary. So we always think in terms of if so goes the stock market, so goes the beef demand. Certainly when you have the stock market cratering down uh, 900 points, 850 pounds points here today, it's one that brings up the concern for the demand, uh, particularly when we've been in expansion phase in the cattle industry now for about uh, seven years. So um, I think we're going to watch that. There's two sides to the uh, equation. There's always the supply side which is kind of stabilized down here, but then there's a demand side, which is always elusive, and uh, the consumer does have choices. Last week we saw a pretty solid cash cattle trade start to shape up. A majority of them trade anywhere from that $1.11, $1.15 on the live side, anywhere to $1.85 in the beef on the dress side. So finally saw some cash swing back in the favor of livestock. Can we maybe build that premium in one more week or with what we're seeing in road, especially in those equities, is that going to impact cash potentially this week already? Yeah, you know, we thought coming into today, I, we still think that's the same, that we're going to see the cash cattle stayed, uh, trade steady to higher this week. Part of that due, uh, Clay, we've got uh, school lunch buying going on. That's a good stability factor. Part of it is we've got Labor Day buying that's going to be coming up right behind of it. And also the Packers worked with some pretty big margins. I mean, they've had consistently huge margins. Even today, they have a margin up around $125 a head. So, we think that uh, that bodes well for uh, holding the market together here. We do think there's a challenge uh, with uh, big protein supplies going into the fourth quarter, a lot of competition from pork, a lot of competition from uh, uh, poultry uh, before we get to the better fundamentals in the first quarter of next year. So certainly we think uh, 2 to $4 a hundredweight rallies in cattle are catch-up risk management going into the fourth quarter before we get better times in the first quarter of next year. 
And talking about those Packer margins, look at Tyson's stock price today. While the rest of the market seems to crumble around it, Tyson gains almost 7%. As many analysts think they're going to have solid third-quarter profit earnings once again. Don, we asked a question about the grains in the first segment. Now turning to the livestock producer side as well. In market times like this, is there still some marketing opportunities, whether it's locking in inputs in your feeds or uh, trying to lock in your sales? Yeah, you're exactly right, Clay. There's always opportunities for marketing because, you know, there's always new supplies, new new cattle cut that you have to protect, new uh, hogs that you have to protect from uh, the feedlot standpoint. So what you do is you change some of your strategies. But we do think, uh, you know, at this level, you probably change to just on the hogs since we're so low, so oversold. Um, no real opportunities to lock in the cash or the uh, the futures. We think you can go into uh, buying puts straight up or buying a put, selling a put for limited downside. Don, for folks that want to continue this conversation about marketing, about what they can be doing on their operations, what's the best way to contact U.S. Commodities? Yeah, you bet. They can reach us, Clay, at uh, U.S. Commodities at 1-800-247-4071. Don Rose, U.S. Commodities, joining us on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids and all of their local dealers for their generous support of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.